Oh, my God. 
25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
In the AM. Except Saturday. Somebody just mentioned to me the other day how amazing they are. Except Saturday with Ms. Marshier here at JM in the AM. Before that, you heard the um, Dove Levine selection of Zmiros All-Stars Volume 2. That's Kella Doan. Shlaimi Daskal from a piece we've been playing all week from the Iron Titlebaum Orchestra. They're calling it the classical medley. Shirley Williger with Mayedidus off of the rest of the Kalbach Shabbos and the medley, or actually it was Vahan Chilenu from the Friday Night album. And Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's a Friday on this July the 15th, day 9 in the month of Tammuz, Erev Shabbos Parshas Chukas outside of Israel, with candle lighting time at 8.05 on this Erev Shabbos. 8.05, your official candle lighting time. Many synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start. Where you are, partly cloudy today with a high of 92. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 75. Uh, tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high temperature, 91.1. Yerushalayim is at 89. Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Missouri, enjoying 63-degree weather. It actually sounds inviting this morning, 63 degrees, as much as I love the hot weather. Uh, with, with a high today of 87. 79 here in Jersey City. Another hot one is on the way. A um, couple of days of really hot weather. And those of you who have visiting day on Sunday... Like we do up at Camp Missouri, expect temperatures in the 90s. Uh, they are expecting a hot visiting day Sunday uh, this weekend. Uh, well, the Jewish world, rightfully so, has expressed 
its condolences to the people of Nice and the people of France in general, and has expressed solidarity with the victims following the Bastille Day massacre in um, in Nice. Still shocked and horrified by the senseless carnage that took place in Nice Thursday evening, the Jewish world conveyed its deepest sympathies to victims of the deadly Bastille Day terror attack, which saw over 80 killed, scores injured, after a 31-year-old Franco-Tunisian gunman rammed a truck into a crowd of spectators enjoying a fireworks display. Following the massacre, Army Radio reported no Israelis harmed in the tragedy. They added, however, five members in the Jewish community in Nice have been injured in the attack. Remains unclear about their present condition. The attacker, Mohammed Lohage Boulel, according to the British Daily, the Daily Mail, the information has yet to be confirmed. According to authorities, the suspected assailant was not on the watch list of French intelligence services, but was known to police in connection with common law crimes such as theft and violence. With hearts still heavy and rattled by Thursday night's appalling event, France was greeted with an outpouring of compassion from the Jewish community while offering their support in solidarity. Prime Minister Netanyahu, Israel condemns in the strongest terms last night's horrific attack in Nice. We are again reminded that terrorism can strike anywhere and must be fought everywhere. He added, Israelis stand united with the people of France today. We join you in mourning those who were killed and wish a speedy recovery to the wounded. Israel is ready to help the French government fight this evil until it is defeated. And, of course, many members of Knesset and worldwide, uh, many Jewish leaders uh, express their condolences as well. We'll talk more about this coming up about an hour from now when the weekly update is on the air. Malcolm Holmline is going to be joining us. He has been... He's been warning for decades of these continued terror attacks, especially those that either resemble or, in fact, are uh, the result of uh, Islamic fundamentalism. And we will get his uh, take on all of this coming up about an hour from now here at JM and AM. Things will lighten up a bit for us uh, next hour. We'll invite Naomi Nachman on. We have a big, big, big show going on at 9 o'clock this morning, live on our stream at jmnam.org, live on our video website at nachumsegel.com. She will be live at Gourmet Glot in Woodmere at their Woodmere location. We'll talk more about that coming up. That will lighten things a bit on this uh, serious Friday morning. And I welcome those who are tuned in at 90.1 FM in the Catskill region. And I welcome those who are tuned in via the app, uh, wherever you might be. Uh, it's one of the great advantages of using our app. So you can be anywhere in the world and be listening to JM and the AM, which is uh, something we recommend you do on a regular basis. And I'll just give a special shout-out, number one, to Daf Yomi Yid, who I assume is on his early morning ride with JM in the AM because of the weather today. I guess he doesn't want to be out uh, later on when the uh, beating sun gets us up to uh, the mid-90s. That's just my conjecture. It's possible that Daf Yomi Yid likes to ride even in that weather. I don't know. But he is out there early this morning listening to JM in the AM, and I thank him. And the trucker Yitz has checked in. He says, Erev Shabbos, an early drive from Watkins Glen to Portchester. Nice to get the app along the way. Well, I thank you for that. Uh, Facebook update page is Nahum Siegel Network. I am sure there will be posts about our plans for today um, uh, in terms of our programming uh, coming up. If you haven't liked that page, make sure to do so. Again, it's called Nahum Siegel Network, and you will find it on Facebook. JM in the AM, 79 degrees, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 92. More coming up. Keep it at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, it's jmtheam.org and, of course, on the NSN app.
It's about what you do, do you love what you do, do you put all your talent into it? Everybody's got something that they love, but they just can't find a way. Shall you leave me? Shall you leave me? Shall you?
JM in the AM with Shalshelis Jr. and Chai. Ellie Schwabel had Yagai. You heard Yummy Lowy and Moshe Kibel accept Saturday from the CD to New Beginnings with Ms. Morishir 13 minutes before 7 o'clock Friday morning. Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. We'll have an opportunity to speak about the uh, horrible atrocity in, um, in Nice, France. Uh, coming up uh, during our weekly update, one hour from now, with Malcolm Honline, who will join us. As I said earlier, he's somebody who has always warned about the uh, epidemic of terrorism uh, that continues through Islamic uh, fundamentalism. And we'll get his take on the latest attack on freedom, which happened yesterday in Nice on Bastille Day. Terev Shabbos Parshas Chukas with candle lighting at 8.05. Plenty of great programming through the weekend with us here at jmnam.org and on the NSN app. Matis this coming Sunday. You know, Matis Weingast does an amazing JM Sunday every single Sunday morning, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And um, there's a, a special needs school in Beit Shemesh. Uh, Beit Shemesh is real. Or Moshe is the name of it. The uh, principal of Or Moshe in Beit Shemesh, Israel, will join Matis this coming uh, Sunday morning uh, with JM Sunday or on JM Sunday. So make sure to be tuned in. Again, it's 7 until 9 every single Sunday morning, Eastern Time, uh, with Matis Weingast. It's JM Sunday, and he just uh, every single week puts together a great show. Make sure to be tuned in. Speaking of great shows and some excitement on this Friday morning. I remind everybody that Naomi Nachman is taking her show outside this morning. At 9 o'clock, the host of Table for Two, Naomi Nachman, the Aussie Gourmet, will be presenting a live webcast, a great radio show and a great video show. Uh, today, starting at 9 a.m., in the parking lot of the brand-new Woodmere location of Gourmet Glot. If you are anywhere near... The Woodmere location of Gourmet Glot this morning, I strongly recommend that you go, not just for the meat and veggies grilling demo, and not just for the wine pairings and backyard table settings, and not just for the perfect salads or perfect barbecues and the chilling out with ice pops, and for special guests, Mendy Hertz, the grill master at Gourmet Glot, Sandy Tao of AHC Appliances, and Gabriel Geller of Royal Wine Corporation. But because she has some unbelievable prizes <laughs> that she's going to be raffling off uh, during the program. So if you have time between 9 and 10.30 this morning to go to Gourmet Glot in Woodmere on Railroad Avenue, do it. Uh, she'll be giving away Rugelach for Marzipan, uh, magazine subscriptions from Mishpacha, Meat products from Abel's and Hyman, barbecue spices from Pereg, cheese baskets from Natural and Kosher, Gourmet Glot gift certificates, wine from Royal Wine, a barbecue grill from AHC, AHC Appliance. Can you imagine that? And much, much more. So I highly recommend, if you're anywhere near Gourmet Glot, stop by. Uh, check out Naomi's uh, uh, outdoor show, and uh, you could win a massive, wonderful prize later today. JM and the AM at 10 minutes before 7 o'clock. News from Israel coming up at 7. We will check in with Naomi in the 7 o'clock hour. And then, of course, as everybody wants to uh, hear Malcolm Holmline's take on the news of the day, uh, what happened in Nice and so many other things that went on this week, we'll do that coming up during our weekly update. Here's brand new Avramel.
begins with a pushka, pushka, pushka. Ten old pennies make a dime before you break is the best time. You can watch your money climb with a pushka, pushka, pushka. Money, God gives us money, but there is something you should not forget. The more you give, the more you get. Someone not as rich as you needs a helping hand or two. You can be a better Jew with the pushka, pushka, pushka. So give it when you wake and rest. Give it when you can your best. You and all your home be blessed with the pushka. J.M. in the A.M. that comes from uh, Rogers Park. It's a song called Pushka Pushka, which I assume that's the uh, cover of a Magama song, correct? I believe so. Avremo with Hallelujah off of Bring the House Down here at J.M. in the A.M. Two minutes before 7 o'clock, get to our news from Israel coming up. The news, of course, dominated by this unbelievable story from uh, Nice. Uh, yesterday on Bastille Day, a terrorist um, shoots and rams into a crowd, ends up killing over 80 people, uh, many injuries, as you would suspect. Identified as a 31-year-old Franco-Tunisian gunman who rammed a truck into a crowd of spectators enjoying a fireworks display. Army radio in Israel reported that there were no Israelis harmed in the tragedy. Five members of the Jewish community in Nice were injured in the attack. Their condition presently is unknown. French ambassador to Israel thanked the Israeli government and its citizens for supporting his nation at such a difficult time and said that his country would once again persevere in the face of such adversity. On our national holiday, Bastille Day, France once again finds itself standing in the face of a horrific terror attack. Dozens killed and injured, men, women, children, all victims of terrorism in Nice. We are obviously grief-stricken. I'm confident that all of our friends in Israel stand united with us and in solidarity with the French people and sharing the grief of the victims' families and loved ones. What kind of world is this where a fanatic can kill following a day of joy, a day of celebration honoring the nation of France? France will cope once again in the face of these events. Uh, president Ruvain Rivlin of Israel sent a letter of condolence to the French President Francois Hollande on behalf of the citizens of Israel. He wrote, Israel stands with France and the Israeli people stand with the French people shoulder to shoulder in the face of this terrible evil as should the whole free world. We must work united to reach the terrorists, their supporters and backers wherever they may hide. It's America's one and only Jewish 
moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. News from Israel coming up. We also have the uh, Torah portion of the week coming up with the Rayudan at 8.15. Uh, Malcolm Holmline with the weekly update that's happening this coming, uh, this coming hour at 7.40 Eastern Time. Naomi Nachman is going to join us. We'll lighten things up a bit by discussing her show uh, coming up at 9 o'clock this morning. She has amazing things planned, a lot of fun uh, out in Woodmere at the brand-new Gourmet Lot location. We'll talk about that coming up here at JM in the AM. And we encourage anybody in the area, stop by. You have a chance to win some amazing prizes. She has gathered together some amazing prizes. And you, of course, can hear the whole thing on audio and all our outlets and see it all at NahumSiegel.com. Hey, Daf Yomiyid tells us he'll ride in any weather. Yeah. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to Jamie. גלי צהל השעה שתיים, כנהוד גרף עם מה שקורה עכשיו. בצרפת יצוינו ממחר שלושה ימי אבל לזכר 84 הגברים, הנשים והילדים שנרצחו בפיגוע המסעית בחגיגות יום הפסטיליה. ראש ממשלת צרפת, מנואל ולס, אומר לאזרחי ארצו, לא נוותר, צרפת לא תיכנע לטרור. נכנסנו לעידן חדש, המאלץ אותנו לחיות עם הטרור. עלינו להתאחד. כך ראש ממשלת צרפת. כעת מתברר שהמחבל שדהר עם משאית אל עבר ההמון החוגג עד שנורה על ידי שוטרים ונהרג, העמיד פנים שהוא מוביל גלידה. על התקדמות החקירה כתבתנו שירה נאות. על פי הדיווח, המחבל מוחמד לחוואג' בוחלל חנה במשך תשע שעות במסעיתו ברחוב סמוך למקום הפיגוע. לשוטרים אמר שהוא מעביר גלידה וכך לא עורר את חשדם. בוחלל הצליח להסתיר את כלי הנשק הרבים שהיו עמו במסעית, ולמרות שתושאל על ידי השוטרים, הם לא פינו אותו מהמקום. ראש עיריית ניס התריע כי עירו בפרט וצרפת בכלל אינן ארוחות דיין למניעת טרור. כך סיפר לאפי טריגר ברנע חסיד, שהיה קונסול ישראל במרסיי ונמצא בקשרי עבודה קרובים עם ראש עיריית ניס. צריך להגיד שראש העיר הזה הוא מצוי בהיכרות עמוקה עם ההתמודדות עם הטרור. יש לו, יש לו עמדות מאוד אפילו חריגות בצרפת, הוא גם מאוד מזדהה עם ישראל. הוא תמיד טוען שהטרור זה טרור וצריך להילחם בו בלי שום הקשר פוליטי. והוא קורא הרבה מאוד פעמים לממשלת צרפת לחזק את מצב הכוננות במדינה. שר החוץ של ארצות הברית, ג'ון קרי, התייחס לפני שעה קלה לאירועי הדמים בניס. אנחנו מבטאים את צערנו העמוק בעקבות הטבח הבלתי נתפס אמש בניס, כך קרי. גם בירושלים מגנים. כתבתנו אלעיל שחר. ראש הממשלה נתניהו פרסם גינוי לפיגוע. אנו משתתפים באבלכם ומאחלים החלמה מהירה לפצועים. ישראל מוכנה לעזור לממשלת צרפת להילחם ברשע עד שיובס. נשיא המדינה ראובן ריבלין העביר הבוקר איגרת תנחומים לנשיא צרפת פרנסואה הולנד בה נכתב מבצע מתקפה מבקשים לרצוח ללא הבחנה במרדף אחר אידיאולוגיית השנאה הברברית אותה הם מפיצים. ומיד בתום המהדורה נביא כאן בגל"צ משדר מיוחד עם העדכונים האחרונים מצרפת. כדורגל 
הגרלה קשה להפועל באר שבע במוקדמות ליגת האלופות. כתבנו אורי איגרה. אם תעבור הפועל באר שבע את שריפטי הספורט בשבוע הבא, תפגוש הקבוצה מבירת הנגב את אולימפיאקוס. קבוצה שנחשבת מהחזקות ביותר בסיבוב השלישי. מזג האוויר חם מהרגיל לעונה, הקלה רק ביום שני. אלה החדשות שעורכת נעמה שוחט. בצוות שילה פריד ויואב כהן. Oh, Hashem, Yishmar, Seisra, Seisra, Seisra. 
J.M. in the A.M. I want to thank one of our listeners who forwarded us the um, the list of those from the Jewish community who were injured in yesterday's attack in Nice. Um, and they include Axel Ben Yael, Moshe Ben Yaakov, Clara Batnuna, Yonatan Ben Zuzi. And there are two people for whose um, names we do not have... Uh, in terms of saying Mishaberach, John, Dre, and Dominique Azan. But those we do have, Axel Ben Yael, Moshe Ben Yaakov, Clara Batnuna, Yonatan Ben Zuzi, and again, we uh, pray for all the victims, of course. Uh, those are the ones who are um, identified as members of the Jewish community of Nice, France. 20 minutes after 7 o'clock Friday morning, J.M. in the A.M. Schlockrock with Tzor Mishalow. You heard Aleinu done by Yehuda. By the way, I should mention that Lenny Solomon is in concert this Sunday uh, with Schlockrock. He's coming to New Jersey. You'll be able to uh, enjoy Lenny down in Hunterton County. Hunterton Chabad hosts the uh, event at the Hunterton Art Museum this coming Sunday. There's a whole program. You can go to their website. Uh, but 5 o'clock is when Lenny starts down in Clinton, New Jersey. Again, go to the Hunterton Chabad website in New Jersey, and you could check it out. And um, and that's that. 
J.M. and the A.M. at 20 minutes uh, after 7 o'clock. This comes from uh, Vahavieno. We'll check in with Naomi Nachman, the Aussie Gourmet, our hostess of uh, Table for Two, has a great show coming up at 9 o'clock this morning. She'll check in with us coming up at J.M. and the A.M.
a.m. in the a.m. Tzaman Afshi done by Vavienu, volume number four, on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos here at JM. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas Chukas, outside of Israel. They're up to Bullock in Israel already. Candle lighting at 8.05 on this Erev Shabbos, 8.05. A lot of synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Uh, well, we've been mentioning that um, uh, we get an opportunity to... Uh, to get away a little bit from the seriousness of this world and have some fun at 9 o'clock this morning, right after JM in the AM. What do I mean? I mean that uh, our amazing host of uh, Table for Two every Friday morning at 9 a.m., Naomi Nachman, the Aussie Gourmet, has prepared an absolutely uh, unbelievable program today at the Gourmet Glot Supermarket in Woodmere, the one in Woodmere, the brand new one on Railroad Avenue. And uh, not only has she prepared an incredible show, she's prepared some amazing prizes of people who come on down to enjoy the show outdoors in the parking lot of Gourmet Glot in Woodmere have a chance to win some incredible things, including, believe it or not, a uh, brand new Weber grill, which is pretty cool. Uh, Naomi Nachman, the Aussie Gourmet, a host of Table for Two, 9 o'clock every single Friday morning here at jmnam.org and on the NSN app, and on video at NahumSiegel.com. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Hi, Nahum. Good morning. Hey, now I get to wish you a, a Mazel Tov on air on your daughter's wedding. Mazel Tov on that big occasion. Was I, I still can't believe I'm a mother-in-law. <laughs> it still makes me laugh. <laughs> what does your son-in-law think? <laughs> I know, he laughs too. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's wonderful, Mazal Tov again. Today you're taking it outside. You are doing, in this in this incredible, beautiful weather... You are going to be doing a live webcast of Table for Two outdoors uh, in the parking lot of the Woodmere location of Gourmet Glot. That's 1030 Railroad Avenue. Um, can I ask you to go through some of the things you'll be doing today on the air? Oh, it's going to be an incredible show. You know, when I met with uh, Howie Klagsbrun, he's one of the managers of Gourmet Glot, we had a meeting. We're like, how do we up the ante on each show? So, of course, we've done quite a few live broadcasts from Gourmet Glot, so we really have to keep upping it all the time. And I said, it's summer. It's, we've had great weather lately, except for, like, this massive thunderstorm that passed through last night, which kind of freaked me out. Cause, oh, yeah. Yeah, that kind of got everyone by surprise. But, um, you know, let's do something outdoors. Let's do barbecue. It's summer. It's fun. It's great. Gourmet Glot's meats are fabulous. I'm a big fan of their meats. And I always have been since I first moved to the five towns. And I wanted to showcase some of their meats. Now, one of their, the guys that works there, Mendy Hers, he's like almost as tall as you, Nahum. I'm not sure who's taller. Yeah, unfortunately, I lost that battle. He's taller. He's really taller? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow, Jamie and I were wondering. <laughs> okay, so, so we, he's a brilliant chef. He's like really does a lot of personal chef stuff. He, he keeps Gourmet running and smooth. He works with customer service. He works with delivery. He dabbles in the kitchen. He's like a real hands-on guy everywhere there. Um, and he, we said, let's have Mendy and I grill some food at 9 a.m. because somewhere in the world it's 5 p.m. Right. And we're going to have a barbecue show all about different cuts of meat, how to prepare the perfect barbecue. So along with that, with food you need, Wine. Of course. So we're having Gabriel Geller. He's one of the new recruits to uh, Royal Wines. He's been there for a little over a year. Jay Booksbaum introduced us, and he's going to do summer cocktails with us, summer wines. And to complete the show, uh, we're going to be having Dahlia Schwab from Marcy Pan Bakery handing out um, 
marzipan um, rogala, yeah, the chocolate rogala, the oozy chocolate amazing rogala. Yeah, for those not aware, now available here in this area, including a gourmet glant. It's amazing. So, you know, we're so lucky to have it. And, of course, Sandy and Jay Taub, I have to give them the biggest applaud because of, as well as, you know, gourmet glant for putting it together. But they donated a Weber grill to be raffled off. Now, we're actually using that Weber grill to grill this morning, and someone gets to take that exact grill home. With yeah, I mean, this is, you know, it's funny because. Amazing people. You have put together a list of incredible prizes for today. I mean, I, that's why I've been recommending over the last 24 hours, whoever is has a chance of coming on down to the show should do so because there's an entire list of incredible prizes that are available. But the the one, of course, that has stolen the show, so to speak, is that the uh, people at AHC Appliances are literally giving away that grill. And if you've seen the picture, anybody on the Nahum Siegel Network Facebook update page, uh, if you haven't liked our page, just go to Nahum Siegel Network. You will see a picture of that grill. Uh, it, it, it is pretty amazing. I mean, it's, it's something that everybody would want in their home or right outside you know, their home. <laughs> Sandy and Jay have been gourmet glass shoppers for 20 years. They have been working with the Nachum Siegel Network for the last couple of years. We love what they do for us. They're so supportive. And when I brought this up, they're like, we're in. Just, we're in, please count us in. And she's going to be talking to us about, bar- Sandy's going to be talking to us about barbecues and maintenance of your products and the small appliances that they sell. And they're really like, I love to support local. I like to support local farmers, local wines, local businesses. And I think that's really important. So she was really into um, supporting our show today. And we've got a six-month subscription to Mishpacha Magazine and Abels and Hyman, last year's sponsor. They sent a package of hot dogs and Natural and Kosher, our current sponsors, who's always so good to table for two. They sent a cheese basket, gift certificates, wines, grills, cookbooks, you name it, we've got it. It is unbelievable. The list is incredible. Anybody, if you're anywhere near the Woodmere location of Gourmet Glot between 9 and 10.30 this morning, go. You'll see Naomi in a very spirited presentation about all the different things she wants you to know about about summer cooking. Plus, she has great special guests, as we just said. And in addition to that, the prizes are amazing. And somebody at 10.30 this morning is going to walk away with that Weber grill courtesy of yeah. AHC Appliance, which is pretty incredible. So, look, you, you have built this uh, unbelievable show into the talk of the town, uh, clearly the most popular uh, radio show when it comes to cooking in the Jewish world that we have uh, around the world, as far as I'm concerned. People can listen at all of our audio outlets. They, of course, can listen on the NSN app and comment at the same time. And most importantly for a lot of people around the world, they can watch the entire thing on the NahumSiegel.com homepage starting at 9 o'clock Eastern time this morning, right after JM and the AM. And, of course, it's archived and people could always watch it. But we, the, today we are trying to recommend to people try your hardest to be there live and in person because the chances of walking around or walking away, I should say, with a great prize are simply amazing. So there you have it. Naomi, it sounds like you're very excited about I'm this. I'm very excited. I'm always very excited. <laughs> but this is like really like I'm pumped. I'm ready to go and I'm going to have my morning coffee because I'm going to be flashing by 9 o'clock this morning <laughs> eating Mindy's awesome grill. That's pretty amazing. It's going to be quite a Friday for you. <laughs> and don't forget this free parking at Woodmoke or McLeod. Oh, free parking, a free parking. And I, I got to give a special shout out. And I'm sure you want to do the same thing because it's like this every time there's a live show. Um, you know that you are assisted by people like ZK and Miriam L. Wallach and Yoni yep. Pollock and Jamie Turkel. I uh, hope I'm not leaving anybody out. And some staff members over at Gourmet Glot, all of whom, without them, it, it would be impossible to present all this. So a big shout out to the entire team that's going to be together at nine o'clock this morning.
Okay, I'll see everyone there. Thanks, Thank Naomi. You, Shabbat Shalom and good luck. 7.33 Friday morning. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Chukas. Candle lighting at 8.05 on this Erev Shabbos. A lot of synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. We get to continue with this selection from Yehuda Green. Weekly update on the way. Plenty of serious news. Plenty of news in general to discuss with Malcolm Honline coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
Slomo's Kiddish done by Yehuda Green here at JMN. 21 minutes before 8 o'clock. Good morning. I uh, just was reading the article regarding the uh, Chabad group that was right there. France was again the site of a major terror attack when a man sped a large truck into a crowd of people after a fireworks display Thursday night that topped off Bastille Day celebrations in the southern city of Nice. Um, counselors at Chabad's Gan Israel day camp were at the scene of the attack. Having crossed the street just moments earlier, they narrowly missed the truck's path of destruction. They had to run from the truck, Rabbi Pinson of Chabad in Nice said. It was just a few feet away from them. Members of the camp were initially placed in lockdown in a local restaurant. They've since left for the safety of the rabbi's home. And... Um, yeah, talk about close calls. Uh, we posted the names of the both on the Nachum Siegel Network uh, Facebook update page and the um, and my page. We posted the names of the uh, injured victims in the attack. So you have an opportunity to include them, some of whom are in critical condition. So you could check that out and include them in your prayers. Candle lighting at eight oh five, seventy nine degrees, partly cloudy, a high temperature of ninety two. Visiting day this coming Sunday for a lot of camps. Looks like a pretty hot weekend. Um, uh, temperatures in the 90s, so prepare accordingly. Monday morning we are here uh, with a Monday JM in the AM. And then right after that show we uh, reunite with our friends in Nefesh Benefesh at Kennedy Airport in New York. 
uh, where it'll be time to board a plane and be um, the only people on the plane not making Aliyah. <laughs> well, not the only, but part of a very, very small group of people that's not. Uh, 99% of the plane uh, will be, uh, in fact, moving to Israel. It's an incredible experience to be on the plane with them when it happens, and we'll be actually broadcasting from the plane the beginning, the first half of Tuesday's JM in the AM. That's when you'll hear it. And then we'll do the second half of Tuesday's JM in the AM uh, from the airport in Ben-Gurion Airport in Israel. Very much looking forward to it. I want to thank our friends at Travel Cell who keep us connected to the United States of America while we travel with phones and SIM cards and MiFi's and all the other stuff that they provide um, and do so well. Go to TravelCell.com or dial 718-382-6500, 718-382-6500. And if you're traveling to Israel or anywhere else, you want to speak with them so you can get all your phone needs taken care of. And our thanks to Travel Cell. Um... Malcolm Honeline is scheduled to join us coming up here at JM and the AM. The weekly update is on the way. As soon as we, uh, as soon as we uh, connect with him, we will um, start that conversation right here at JM in the AM. Weekly update and more coming up. Keep it at JM in the AM. Lo you blue 
Kishoshana is brand new from Avremo, Avram Friedhoff, the CD, Bring the House Down. Friday morning, J.M. in the A.M. on this Erev Shabbos, Parshas Chukas, uh, outside of Israel, it's Parshas Chukas. Candle lighting at 8.05 on this Erev Shabbos, 8.05. A lot of synagogues begin earlier, make sure you know when things start where you are. Heading to Israel with Nevesh Benefesh after Monday's JM in the AM. We'll have more details about the trip and our entire schedule on Monday. Weekly update will not be on next Friday. We'll be with NCSY at Yom NCSY, which you'll hear here on the Friday morning of next week. And, of course, two weeks from today, we do anticipate the weekly update returning here at JM in the AM. Yeah, for those of you who wanted a weekly update right after the Republican convention, um, unfortunately not. But I have a feeling if anything significant happens there, that we'll be able to address it a few days later. 79 degrees, partly cloudy. It's a JM and AM Friday. Uh, Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Good morning to you, Nachum. I want to point out to our listeners on both our Facebook update page and on my uh, page on Facebook is the list of uh, injured Jewish victims as they've come out, uh, six people uh, whose names we know at this point, the terrorist attack in Nice. Uh, Malcolm, why is France such an easy target? For several reasons that we have discussed over the last uh, probably 10 years and uh, more. And, and you know that I used to do, we did an annual event at the French embassy for about 10 years and with the head of the French Jewish community in which I would discuss this and they would deny it. Uh, until the last couple of years when they were essentially echoing everything that we said. For one, France has a huge Muslim population, uh, and there's been a, a radicalization of that population. Second, the easy access, a democratic country, but a large one. This is the fourth vehicular terrorist attack in the last two years. And more than 200 civilians have been killed since last January, not this year, but the last 18 months, let's say, um, in, in France. And people, you know, know the spectacular events, but often don't focus on some of the smaller ones. So there, there have been these vicious string of, of attacks, and they're very hard to stop. Half of, of France's military is deployed in the country. Not wow. abroad or not fighting on its borders. Right. And because that is the major threat that France faces, and I think we can anticipate a very significant political, social up reaction to this 
it, it may be like the Brexit, not necessarily withdrawing from the EU, but demanding a price from Olan. And there's an election coming up. He's trying to run for re-election. I think this will be a, a significant blow that people will question is their ability to deal with the terrorism. And the, uh, the, there was a failure on the part of France to integrate the population as they came in until it became so overwhelming. And then the steps they took tended to be actually counterproductive. Uh, and, in fact, they established um, a council for um, Islamic institutions and thinking that they would strengthen the moderates. And, in fact, the, the, the radicals took it over and took the hundreds of millions of dollars that came with it. Uh, they, they drove out the imams who uh, were preaching radical messages, and now they've been replaced by people who don't preach in France, and they don't know what they're saying. But we know that there's a lot of radicalism emanating from... Uh, those speeches as well. There's a. Um, uh, there's always been a, 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 a an encouragement uh, by some in the Islamic world to use vehicles to, uh, in fact, carry out terrorist attacks. Uh, they do a lot of damage, accessible to all, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, is there any doubt at this point that this 31-year-old Tunisian Frenchman? Uh, in fact, was influenced by Islamic fundamentalism and likely was just, you know, following the the lead of those who encouraged these types of attacks. Well, again, we've seen the talk about him being a lone wolf. Uh, he did yell Al Akbar as he carried out his attack. So mm. that being a motivating factor, I think, is being accepted. Uh, but it, it, it's usually false when they say that it's a, a lone wolf. Very, very rarely does somebody act without some influence, with some training, with some assistance. It's likely that he had other people involved. This is a more complicated thing. In fact, anybody can ram a truck into a group, but we saw in Israel how many vehicular yep. acts there were over the last year, right? Yep. Driving into the bus stations and into waiting police, waiting soldiers or civilians driving into their cars. It's not something that requires big infrastructure, but this attack, they believe, uh, was intended to not to end up in, a, in him being killed, but he was supposed to go to a safe house. At least that's an initial report, but we know that the initial reports are always questionable. So we will learn much more about it, but I think there's no doubt about it, the Islamist influence here. Those who criticize uh, French security and French security measures... Um, those who uh, you know wonder how a truck can in fact get anywhere near a crowd that size on a day like that on July 14th, a big day of celebration in France. I mean, le legitimate criticism that they're that because I don't think a, a scheduled crowd like that, for instance, in the New York area, I don't think the NYPD would ever have tolerated a truck getting near it. They they wouldn't, but uh, if uh, there's a delivery truck and it's a couple blocks away, this guy traveled uh, two kilometers, a mile through the crowd. Right. So he could have been seen as delivering stuff or on his way home or anything, and then veers into the streets where the celebration was taking place. Yeah. Jewish population of Nice, significant. I mean, we've already uh, published the uh, list of those injured with you know from the Jewish community who uh, we've been informed about. But in general, can you tell us anything about the Jewish community there? Yeah, it's not very it's not very large, but a lot of the Jews vacation there mm. in the, in Nice, 
and uh, and this is of course the summer vacation time, so the the numbers are much greater right now. Uh, I knew people who were uh, actually in, in Nice during this time. Yeah. So they, they increase, they incre- the numbers are much higher than they would be during the winter. You spoke about what the future politically might be in France because of events like this, and I know that this might be a little bit of a silly question, and it's a topic you don't love addressing, but the curiosity is too much. Could things like this now, and God forbid over the next few months, uh, could they have an effect on the American election? Absolutely. I think uh, they, they have an effect on Americans. They have an effect on people's psyche. They have an effect on uh, people's perceptions. Uh, and sometimes distance gives you greater clarity when they see, you know, how life in, in uh, France has changed, the no-go districts, other things that which will now be focused upon. Um, I don't think it's the sole reason, and unfortunately, you know, the concern after events here or anywhere dissipates very quickly. Uh, we saw it even in the most horrendous attacks. Yeah. They, you know, people focus on it for a day a week. But I think overall it uh, feeds a certain, it, it reinforces existing points of view and can influence others. Would you agree with those who've said, and there have been some normally responsible people who have already said this overnight, that France has to be resigned to the fact that they're going to have these attacks at this point, meaning basically that you know we've reached a point where they're unpreventable? I don't think we can ever accept that because then life becomes intolerable. Nobody, nobody will be able to go anywhere, do anything, uh, if, if we just say that we accept it. It's going to be very hard to root it out because... It, you know, they, when you have, let's say, in France, they, the Muslims are more than 10% of the population. So the responsibilities, number one, should be on the Muslim community to root out those who, who express extremism, and, of course, on the law, uh, law enforcement and, and public authorities to, to act and to act decisively. I, I don't think political correctness is, is the answer. And on the other hand, I don't think condemnation of, of uh, you know every group member of a group is is appropriate what we need to do is to number one go to the source and that's isis and wipe them out mm. and and really have acted with greater decisiveness you know i i warned them when there were a couple hundred foreign uh, uh, soldiers in in france because the people in syria told me about it and warned us and said this is growing and especially in france france has more than 1500 people in syria that's and and it takes 10 uh, security people to to monitor each one. The, the head of the security he said, "That's," and he said, "I don't have fifteen thousand people to assign to it." And this is this is it's it's the promise of of huge magnitude. And when these others, when they come home, and when they train, and using the internet to train people to incite them, so there have to be stronger and stricter measures, right. and there has to be uh, accountability, and, and that's t- across the board. And on top of that, the terrorist from yesterday, this Mohammed Bolel, w- w- was not even on any list other than you know common crimes that he was uh, convicted of. And uh, and you, I mean you can't put everybody right. who has uh, Islamic sounding name or member of a community you know on a watch list for for this, but you know we're seeing uh, so many situations around that. Uh, where the violence, I mean, Hamas has been preaching the use of vehicles for a long time, too. Right. And, uh, um, well, we, we've seen ISIS's activities, and they picked up after Paris and, and Brussels 
especially online, with greater recruitment. So, you know, it's a massive problem when there's a lot of things that, that are hidden or unidentified, which means that you've got to go to the sources, root it out, who's paying for it, who's helping them, which countries uh, help pay for, for terrorist operations, who's radicalizing it. And, you know, Turkey is building mosques all over Europe, uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, investing others people they have to be held to account and said if there are if we find and if the Europe itself has to stand up they they're quick to do it against Israel they're quick to accuse Israel and to engage in maneuvers they're trying it this week on UNESCO I mean which is just outrageous and and yet on these very fundamental things they they're not uh and, prime oh I'm sorry yes go ahead the Prime Minister Netanyahu and his reaction mentions of course the condemnation of the attack and reminds everyone that terrorism can strike anywhere and must be fought everywhere. Uh, he then ended his comments, Israel is ready to help the French government fight this evil until it is defeated. It, it, are, are there practical measures, in fact, that Israel could offer foreign countries when it comes to this area? Well, first of all, experience. Yeah, and sure. there are technologies, technologies that monitor the Internet, uh, that are invisible, people don't see it, but they, they can pick up even the use of certain words. And nobody can can uh, individually go through every site, but you can do it with there are algorithms that Israel's developed that Israeli companies, security agency uh, companies um, that can read the internet, can warn about uh, individuals or trends uh, on the internet. So there's a lot that Israel has to offer, and unfortunately, a lot of it born out of its own experiences. And you must must use this opportunity, and especially as a message to lay leaders and religious leaders of, of large, obvious Jewish targets um, to remind them about the security measures, because there are too many, um, too many obvious potential targets in our community, and I mean around the entire United States and really around the world for people listening around the world, that are simply targets, and especially when it comes to this type of attack where you're trying to prevent a truck or a car from going through the front door of your institution, there are measures that we know that could prevent that. Yes, well, they put the, the barriers in front, and there are other steps that can be taken. Uh, there was a conference called this week for, for security people across the country because of the ISIS list that uh, mentioned a couple hundred members of, of synagogues, and, and uh, uh, it's not something that means anything. This is the, the fourth or fifth time such a list has been found, and is generally, I think, taken from a phone book. Uh, but, you know, we try constantly to warn people and to reinforce exactly that message. You can't look afterwards and say, you know, what happened. There are too many sources of tension in the world. There are too many issues that, you know, we, we don't even get a chance to begin to focus on each week about, you know, things that we deal with, uh, unfortunately, all the time. And uh, you, you could see additional disruptions that could be caused by anything by the anger in Iran, by angry over policy, so they, they can um, step up their, their efforts uh, in, in many areas. And they talk about Israel's annihilation. It's all about the annihilation of the Jews. So when the people are saying it, you know that there are elements in the world that want to do it. Take them seriously because they mean it. It doesn't mean they can carry it out. It doesn't mean people should be afraid. People should not be afraid to go to synagogues, to Jewish institutions. The opposite. They certainly shouldn't be afraid to visit Israel. But and they're certainly, they don't appear to be afraid of visiting France. <laughs> but take the precautions that are necessary. 
It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios, Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Uh, I wanted to thank our friends at jewishworldreview.com. Remind everybody they could print out a million articles or close to a million uh, before Shabbos to read over the weekend. And I thank our friends at onlysimchas.com who continue to offer their readers and uh, and viewers our content as part of their incredible brand new news feed and we thank them and i remind everybody one hour from now naomi nachman will be live the woodmere location of gourmet glot i'll give you more details this hour coming up at jm in the am uh, malcolm what do we know about governor mike pence vis-a-vis israel and the jewish world very good record six-term member of congress very strong on israel all right and hey. very good record I guess that says it all at this point, huh? That's what we know so far. So, but the, the, <laughs> yeah. Trump seems to have indicated that he hasn't made his final, final decision, although all the indications are that it would be Pence. He's now the governor of Indiana, but served from there. He's an evangelical Christian and uh, certainly had, a, as I said, a very strong record, outspoken record. Um, while we're speaking about uh, attitudes vis-a-vis Israel and the Jewish world, what could you tell us about the brand new prime minister and foreign minister in the United Kingdom? Well, Boris Johnson, who's the former mayor of London, now the foreign minister, is has also been very outspoken supporter of Israel, as has Mrs. May. And in fact, the night before the announcement, she had a she had dinner with the chief rabbi, and she would not cancel it, even though. She was in the morning being announced as the new prime minister, and uh, she's had a long history as home secretary, uh, which is really interior security and other issues included, and she had a very close relationship and helped provide funding for security of Jewish institutions in England. Um, the uh, it's hard to believe is the Iran deal because uh, I keep write, reading these articles about one year later. Is it in fact one year since the deal was finalized? It is indeed one year, and there are a lot of assessments about what happened during this year, what's happening now, and uh, we see both internally. Is is there a consensus on that, or or there's a debate that goes from one side to the other? About whether it's one year? No, there's consensus that it's one year. (laughs) About its effectiveness and what's been happening over this past year? Well, there's certain things that are, are cannot be disputed that are, I think, very obvious, and that is one, it has not lessened its aggressive behavior. Have they taken the steps, uh, many of the steps that the, the, the deal demanded? Yes. But yesterday they announced that they had a new centrifuges 15 times more powerful. They, they have said and implied that they are, you know, um, taking advantage of every loophole. And, we, and we, we only know what we know, and we know in the inspections, the IEA report, the last one that came out, uh, indicated uh, a lot less information than the uh, ones before. But look what they've done on missile testing. Look what they've done in, in aggressive actions against our sailors, against uh, others, um, their activities now vis-a-vis uh, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain. So their regional and their global activities in, in Africa. And I know that it came up during the prime minister's trip, but every African leader I meet, the first thing they talk about is... is uh, um, the Iranian activities and their concerns about it, the, uh, their activities in South America are massive. So on every front, whether you know it's the domestic situation with human rights, with the, their, their uh, 
um, aggressiveness. They're, they're purchasing military-related uh, uh, equipment, which are not supposed to. They were not supposed to test the missiles under the agreement for eight years. And yet there's been no action and no uh, significant action, which only encourages them to, to, to do more. That you have to know the nature of, of what you're, who you're dealing with. We see the Kurds now fighting the IRGC in clashes, which people should pay attention to. I think this is uh, very important. People don't know that, in, that Iran, only half the people are of Persian origin. There are Baluchis, there are 30 million Azeris, there are people of every kind. So uh, when the Kurds um, are involved in this, and we know that there were 12 Kurdish soldiers were killed in one um, incident with the IRGC. They are very effective fighters, and this could be uh, more significant. And we see the number of arrests of dual nationals, including Americans. No action, no condemnation. Uh, we see the number of executions increasing o- on their part. And um, I think that the the uh, record of the year that raises questions, and, and the big issues is about additional sanctions, uh, there are even the Treasury Department uh, in the administration has been uh, acting, and, and there are measures by Congress that have been proposed. The president said he will veto some of them. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, we saw the statements this week by the deputy head of the IRGC that Israel's annihilation is imminent. And uh, I, for one, take him very seriously that we have to be tougher. We have to be, if you want even the JCPOA part to work. They have to see that we're serious and, and believe that there will be a significant price, which they don't believe now. No, that's for sure. Um, Arab countries that are going out of their way to improve their relations with Israel, it's fear of ISIS, fear of Iran, or both? Well, Iran is, is number one, ISIS as well. Uh, By the I way, and, and I think I saw this on your daily alert. I think there was an article where Prime Minister Netanyahu actually acknowledged that there are, you know, that Arab countries are going out of their way to improve their relations with Israel. I, I thought that's something that Israel is not supposed to admit publicly to, you know, to, to to help to help the Arab countries keep cover, so to speak. Yes, but when the foreign minister of Egypt visits and does so with a press conference together with Netanyahu, that's a pretty significant change. <laughs> that's true. And the fact that uh, most visits and most exchanges are not public, but he was. Uh, painting the broader picture that people talk about Israel's isolation. They are opening up all these new relationships in, with Japan in, in the, uh, Asia, Japan, India, China, massive growth. Africa, you saw this trip, great success. Right. Uh, eight countries at the summit, four countries visited, many other countries want visits. And he's pointing to the changes in the region <coughs> where countries are, even if they don't do it publicly, uh, more open. We haven't seen changes in their massive changes in their voting records. We saw Jordan with the Palestinians pushing again this week in UNESCO for another resolution about Jerusalem, about the holy places, about uh, building on the last one. They, but they did not get the votes necessary and had to with, uh, postpone it. Now the Europeans are talking about a new initiative, which is just outrageous, uh, that would target again, and this is under the title of the, the, the old city and its walls, and the, they, they're going to do again what they did last time, which was to remove all of the Jewish vestiges and, and Christian, by that way, um, uh, from any association uh, with this. So uh, we have seen a change in the Arab world. It's not a change of the people yet, but certainly a change on the part of governments who see that Israel 
has so much to offer in technology and military intelligence and knowledge and water reclamation and, and you know desalination and so many of the things that they need. The African leader said it. Tanzania said Tanzania said they're going to open an embassy. So they they see it. And second, I think it's the fact that America is seen as withdrawing, and the with all of the sources of instability, they think that Israel is as uh, as, as more more and more of a reliable partner, potential partner. Could you address the the Egypt piece just in a, in a drop more detail? I mean, is this uh what will this lead to, the fact that there was this meeting in Israel with the foreign minister? What is Egypt looking for? What can Israel gain from all of this? Well, we know the radical groups uh, criticize it. We know that others, but nothing like this just takes place. Um, there was a debate about whether they actually watched the soccer game together or they just happened to pass by the screen and say <laughs> so, so didn't watch the, the looked at the score. But no doubt the meeting and the fact, as I said, that it wasn't done in a clandestine way, it didn't sneak in across the border, right. that they um, uh, that they uh, have made more public that Israel is assisting in the Sinai, is sending drone attacks, um, and the Prime Minister has been very welcoming of Sisi's offers to help in direct negotiations and, sees, and promoting it as an alternative to the other initiatives, especially the European initiative, um, and certainly the relationship on the military security level, there are common efforts against Hamas and, and ISIS. Uh, Egypt is, fancy, is facing very serious challenges. You know, they canceled a delegation from Hamas that had been planning a visit for a long time, uh, and they're saying they don't live up to their promises about the border and of stopping the infiltration both ways. They act, and they act decisively, right. uh, and... Uh, are not as restricted as Israel might be in, in their ability to do certain things, but Israel has a lot to offer, and, and I think that that relationship, it's not a, a, a cataclysmic change yet in the sense that the people of Egypt are ready to accept Israel, but it's certainly a very different atmosphere. And as you know, they even changed the textbooks, and that they now include talk of the peace deal reached between Sadat and, and right. when Sadat was president. Yeah, I saw that. First time ever that that's mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, oh, I was about to ask you something about here in the United States. Yes, the, <laughs> the, uh, for, for the first time, and many are making a big deal about this, for the first time in advance of the RNC next week, no mention of a two-state, uh, no, no mention of two states in the Republican platform. Your thoughts? I mean, they took it out. They didn't say they were against the two-state solution. Right. They just took out the reference to it. And uh, I, I have to say the Democratic uh, platform is very strong, and, and uh, the Clinton... Well, I would guess uh, you'd say both are pretty strong, right? off you'd... challenges by Zogby and West, in particular the Sanders delegates. Right, but you'd say both are strong, right? Occupation, and the Republican statement is very strong, and both yeah. refer to United Jerusalem. So I don't know why the, the spate of criticism about the that they took it out. So somebody put out that they took it out, but they didn't say they were against the two-state solution. Right. It sort of sounded like they're leaving it up to Israel to do what they think is best. Essentially, they said that you know. But and 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 there are people who say things who don't necessarily understand all the implications of the words they're using. You know, when you say, well, it's, it's not necessary, or it's not. Uh, um, uh, obvious that that that's that about two state solution there could be other solutions 
Well, Amer- that, that feeds the speculation. Yeah, and also the the uh, the reality or the perception of American pressure goes a long way. So, absolutely. Um, what do you think of this State Department uh, story? A State Department grant intended to rally support for peace between Israel and the Palestinians also helped set up political infrastructure that was later used for a campaign opposing the re-election of Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu in 2015, according to a bipartisan Senate investigative report released on Tuesday. What do you think of that? Well, the State Department gave a grant of about $350,000 to a group called One Voice, and when the Prime Minister, and that was to do like uh, promotion of peace between Israelis and Palestinians, and they created this huge voter database, and when the election was announced, they turned over that all of that to the a group called V15 or Victory 2015, which was to unseat Netanyahu. And the Congress, the Senate, did an investigation. They did not find wrongdoing on the part of the State Department because they gave a grant. Though I don't know why the State Department is giving grants like this at all. Um, but but there was no legal wrongdoing. And Peaceful in one voice have said that they notified two State Department officials of its uh, political play. And uh, during during the period of the grant, but no action was taken against them. So, so there are a lot of questions still outstanding. Congress uh, has highlighted this. It's not something we didn't know, but there have been grants both by foundations, American foundations, that have gone to groups that are engaged in blatant political activity. So if you want to nitpick on the Politico headline, that's why it says grant aided campaign right. to unseat Netanyahu <laughs> as an ipso facto, so to speak. Uh, and it, and it wasn't and those who would then say that the Obama administration slash State Department funded an effort to unseat Netanyahu that you might argue would be unfair. Mm-hmm. Wow! And now you know you have municipal elections coming up. I wonder if they're going to start giving grants to Palestinian groups. Uh, it's in like 326 municipal elections in in the West Bank and in Gaza, another couple dozen, and they'll be very. Nobody knows why they were called. But you're seeing the the efforts now, the talk of the serious talk of succession to Abbas, whether willingly or not willingly. Uh, Fayyad yesterday came out, you know, the former prime minister with uh, his own peace initiative, which he was highly criticized for. But it shows that he's getting back into play. There's a lot of tumult there, and um, we know that the uh, Israel security agencies have have uncovered vastly more activity by Hamas in the West Bank, and the fear that an election. If it were a real democratic election, they might be able to win, and they um, they prevented in the last five months. So when people ask about what is Israel security doing, in five months, eight suicide bombings, ten kidnappings, 60 attempted shootings, and this doesn't go into all of the other, you know, lesser activities. Um, and these are efforts to really, and, and, and the Hamas is working to undermine the stability of the West Bank, not just against Israel, but against the, the PA as well. So the succession issue is getting larger and, uh, and larger. And now ISIS is challenging Hamas, and they have, uh, a, a, you know, there are all sorts of reports about what is the real nature of, of the relationship. And some distinguish that ISIS has a good relationship with military Hamas and not with political Hamas. But Hamas clearly feels threatened. And on the other hand, they're working with them in the Sinai, which is why Egypt canceled that delegation. Mm. And um, uh, and Israel has been cracking down and seizing weapons in the West Bank. They they closed 16 weapons-making factories. These are all in people's homes and, and, and seized the arms just in the last two weeks or so. 
Is there now a formal agreement? And I don't mean formal signed agreement, but I think you'll know where I'm heading with this. Uh, between the United States, Russia, and Syria to rid Syria of ISIS? No. It, well, it's not a formal agreement, as you said, but it's, it, there is something that they are proposing. The question is really whether you can find a commonality of interest. How does Iran play into that? How do others play into it? Will, will, how it will affect uh, others? Look, nobody wants to be dragged into deeper into the, this conflict, and nobody sees a resolution now. Uh, the real first issue is that that Russia, like Iran, is committed to keeping Abbas in power. And now it's—I mean, Assad—and it seems now that the United States hinted that they will accept that at least for an interim period. But the um, uh, you know the, the that toll continues to mount. The situation there remains really uh, upset and. Um, uh, I would take any reports with a grain of salt, but the the effort is certainly there to by the United States to try and work out something with Russia to coordinate their activities. And you know that the Hezbollah has been very critical of the Russians for not bombing uh, situations where their soldiers have been endangered, and they're losing a lot. About a third of the Hezbollah forces are in Syria, and they rotate in. It's take, it takes a, a heavy toll uh on them and um uh, you know they look around the region they see so many potential conflicts any of which could draw in vital interest you know just in the last week we saw the iranians threatening saudi arabia saying that there won't be even a speck of dust left because they went to uh turkey al Faisal, who was once an ambassador here and um, head of the security agency in, in saudi arabia attended a meeting of the mko in paris the um Mujahideen group, which Iran sees as a terrorist organization, and they, the former commander, the founder of the RGC, told them, uh, you know, we're going to wipe them off the face of the earth, and that, and was highlighted as splits in Syria and Yemen, and that's just one of, of of many things. And so I think that any effort that they can make, and they're looking at the Syria, of course, as a major source because so much is invested there. Uh, as uh, anything that can be done to calm that situation down might have a broader right. impact. They may not, meaning the Russians may not cooperate in any other country with the U.S. or with anybody else when it comes to ISIS, but in Syria they feel that they're, they're too much invested not to. Well, I'm not sure how much they have committed to. We have to really find out. We know what the initial reports are, and that Secretary Kerry made proposals to them. They have often mocked um, some of these proposals, so we'll have to see first how it plays out. Yeah, they seem to change their mind on a weekly basis. Because um, I'm tight. The uh, finally, the the uh, new law in Israel that human rights groups have to report when they are foreign funded. Your thoughts? Well, it's a complicated thing, uh, and I think the um, there are concerns about freedom of speech and how this impacts people. But on the other hand. This only applies to organizations who get 50% or more of their funding from foreign state sources. Now, that to me sounds like a legitimate thing to ask of organizations that if, as the Prime Minister said, you see foreign governments interfering, trying to right. uh, uh, meddle in the internal issues of Israel, they identified 27 NGOs that have been receiving the funds. Now, this is from state sources. It doesn't say if foreigners give them money. But if, if uh, I, I don't think the United States would sit by if uh, Iran and other groups, they actually are, funding uh, groups here to do political stuff and 
and and know about it that they wouldn't remove the tax exempt status. And here, all they're doing is saying is that you have to be transparent. So I don't know why the strong reaction. I understand groups that might be affected are reacting, and they fear that this will be a first step towards another uh, further intrusions. But the bill, as I uh, see it, and again, I'm not, I haven't studied it closely, uh, seems to put down a, 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 a threshold that is reasonable. Yeah. All right. Uh, next week, uh, we will not be convening. Two weeks from today will be our next weekly update. Malcolm, I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Have a good Shabbos, everybody. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. If you missed what he had to say about the attack in Nice... Uh, within minutes, the weekly update will be in the uh, weekly update section of the archives of the NSN app and online at NahumSiegel.com in the archives section. And um, you are invited to check out the archive in its entirety and hear everything that we've said in the last uh, segment that we call the weekly update. Erev Shabbos Parshas Chukas with candle lighting at 8.05. Um, we'll get to our union in a moment. I must remind everybody that Naomi Nachman, as uh, we mentioned with her just about an hour ago on the air, has prepared an unbelievable show coming up at 9 o'clock, a fun show, uh, as uh, only she can do. Uh, she's the uh, host of Table for Two for us every single Friday at 9 a.m. And today she is uh, going to be at 9 o'clock with our amazing staff, with uh, ZK and Miriam L. Wallach and Jamie Turkel and uh, Yoni Pollock. They're all getting ready with the people at Gourmet Glot in Woodmere uh, for an incredible edition of Table for Two, one that will have uh, some great segments about wine, about the grilling, uh, a representative of the Marzipan Bakery, because Marzipan of Israel is now available here, uh, etc. And in addition to that, they'll be doing a meat and veggies grilling demo, wine pairing, salads for perfect barbecues, chilling out with ice pops, all in the parking lot of Gourmet Glot. Uh, located at uh, 1030 Railroad Avenue in Woodmere. It starts within the hour at 9 a.m. until 1030 Eastern Time. You can watch the whole thing at NahumSiegel.com. You can listen on all of our audio outlets, including the NSN app. And the number of incredible <laughs> prizes that she's put together, I believe, is, uh, is a list that is worth your time to get to Gourmet Glot to enter that contest this morning. Get there in Woodmere, and at 10.30, not only will all the prizes have been given away, but someone's going to walk away with the actual gigantic Weber grill that they are using courtesy of AHC Appliance out in the five towns. And if you look at the photo on the Nahum Siegel Network Facebook update page, it is one impressive grill. So someone's going to walk away with that prize. We recommend you stop by anytime after 9 a.m. this morning in the parking lot at 10.30 Railroad Avenue in Woodmere. If you have friends in that area, to let them know that they should be there because it's going to be fun and they have a chance to win an amazing array of prizes, including that grill from AHC Appliance. 79 degrees, partly cloudy, a high of 92 this time each and every Friday morning, every Erev Shabbos. With great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Uden. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Chukas. Parshas Chukas contains, according to the Chinuch, three mitzvos, all dealing with the and related to the Pora Aduma. The Pora Aduma, which is the red heifer, which purified an individual 
who had become Tameh, ritually impure, by contact with or being under the same roof as a deceased, going to a funeral, being part of the Hebra Kadisha, made a person ritually impure, Tameh Nefesh, and the only way they could rid themselves of this impurity is by being sprinkled upon by a Kohen minimally three days and then additionally four days over a period of seven days uh, with the ash and water of the para aduma. Now this is clearly the quintessential chok, the law without a reason, namely God did not give us a reason why the para aduma has this um, purifying effect and why the Kohen that administers it uh, becomes ritually impure himself. Shlomo HaMelech said, I thought I could understand all of Torah. Amarti echkama, but vehi, the laws of the Parah, Duma, Rechoka, Mimeni. I would like to just point out that historically, the way it works out on the calendar this year, today happens to be the 9th of Tammuz. In the year 12. 42. It was June the 17th, corresponding to the uh, 9th of Tammuz, unfortunately 24 wagon loads of Talmud were burnt in Paris by the king and uh, urged by the church, and uh, the rabbis made this not only a day of fasting but of commemoration and interestingly, because it happened on Erev Shabbos, a Friday, just like this year, the Friday of Erev Shabbos, Chukas, that's when it was perpetuated over the years, and not on the 9th of Tammuz. And they saw this coming from the Unculus, the Aramaic translation of the words Zos Chukas HaTorah which are Da Gzeras Oraisa. The literal translation is, this is the decree of the Torah, namely, a law which we can't understand. But the rabbis saw in those words, this is the decree, unfortunately, against the Torah. And really, when you see this, and you see your Shas, your Talmud, on your uh, bookcase, as you uh, see it tonight, tomorrow on Shabbos, just go over and give one of the volumes, open it up, learn a few minutes, give it a kiss, and realize how important uh, this book is, and the special blessing and safeguarding of God of the Jewish people, that Kilo Sishachach Mipizaro, he promised us, at the end of the Torah, in Parshas Vayelech, the Torah would not be forgotten. Another way to look at your Mishnayis, another way to look at your Talmud, the Torah is, Baruch Hashem, uh, only stronger today, but preserved with incredible Hashgacha Pratis as found, promised to us in the Torah. I'd like to focus on the end of the parsha, whereby we find uh, in chapter 21, the Torah tells us that because we were not 
to go. We were denied access through the land of Edom. We go around and we travel away from um, what appears immediate entry into Eretz Yisrael in a roundabout way and the Torah tells us, ouch in chapter 21 the people complained against God and against Moshe why did you take us out of Egypt? And remember, this is now literally in the 40th year. We are about to enter. Unbelievable, right? The Torah tells us that in Nisan of the 40th year, in this week's parasha, Miriam dies. In Av, in this week's parasha, Miriam, uh, Aaron dies. And keep in mind, when Miriam dies, the Be'er, the water, stops. That's why the Torah tells us they were short of water. Moshe, unfortunately, hits the rock instead of speaks to the rock. But the rock which had given them water had stopped because Miriam died. And now the clouds that of protection are gone. This reminds us of the Nitziv in his introduction to the book of Bamidbar tells us the book of Bamidbar is a transition from Lamalum Teva, from that which is supernatural to Teva. At the very, very end of the parsha, when we fight against Sichon and Og, we do so literally Alpiteva. We use swords, we use whatever kind of uh, um, armaments were used in those days, but it was an actual war that the people participated therein. So now we are. It looks to the people that we're going away from the land of uh, Israel, and that is correct, but there is a godly plan, and so they are complaining, and they complain against their what? Their special food, their special diet. Now this special diet is still the mun. That is still going on. But the people who are in this transition state, clearly, they want regular food. And so, unfortunately, the Torah tells us that in verse 6, Vayeshalach Hashem Ba'am, God sends the fiery serpents against the people, they bite the people, and many die, and what has happened, they come to Moshe, and they huh, confess, and they say, my goodness, we have sinned, and Moshe Davins, on behalf of the people, Hashem says to Moshe, make yourself a what? Nechash Nechoshes, a fiery serpent, place it on a pole, and whoever has been bitten, looks at at it and they will heal. Interesting, the sign of uh, medicine and uh, uh, the advancement of medicine comes from this verse. But now I'd like to just focus why. Why the serpents? Why are they bit by the snakes? So Rashi says two interpretations. Yavo Nachash, let the snake come. Shalaka al hutsoas Diba. He was punished back in chapter 3 of Beratius because he spoke and slandered God by saying, come on, that if you eat from the tree, you'll be like God and you too could be a creator. So he slandered God to Chava and so therefore let the serpent who was unfortunate well, forgive me, who was punished because he spoke badly let him come and bite those who are now speaking badly again against God 
That is the first reason. Rashi says, why did God choose to punish the people with the snakes? Secondly, interestingly, Yavo Nachash, the complaining about the man. Now, amazing. Let the Nachash come. That to him... To the Nachash, everything that he eats, he might eat, forgive me, um, a strawberry, okay, but guess what? It's going to taste like earth. Whatever he eats tastes like Afar, tastes like uh, dirt, okay? And so therefore, let the serpent who everything to him has but one taste, and let it literally punish those who are the ingrates, the kafuye tova, because they had something of one food called man, but yet this man tasted like anything and everything uh, that you'd want. Now you and I who never tasted man, you'd say, how could they? But you see from here that unbelievable, the grass is always greener. And forgive me, the rabbis tell us, tell us about the man. So the man was absorbed, it came from a holy source, it came from on high, it was absorbed within their body, and there was no excretion of anything that they digested from the man. And this too bothered them that they were not like other people. Therefore comes the Akedas Yitzchak. And the Akedas Yitzchak said, it's a midah kenegin midah. It's a measure for a measure. You asked for it, you got it. What does that mean? You want it to be like every other people, you'll be like every other people. And therefore, watch. It does not say and open the chumash, bring it out. This is chapter 21, verse 6. It does not say vayishlach Hashem ba'am. If the Balkore in your synagogue is going to say tomorrow, Vayishlach, and God sent the snakes, you have to correct him. It's Vayishalach. What's the difference between Vayishlach or Vayishalach? Says Rav Hirsch in his commentary, explain our rabbis, Vayishlach is active to literally take something and extend it and do it. As if to say, I have snakes and now I'm going to seek the snakes on. Vayishalach means passive, simply to avoid your holding back, and they're going to go by themselves. Explain Rav Hirsch and others, Vayeshalach Hashem Ba'am means Hashem during these 40 years that they've been in the desert, He has held back the snakes. If you turn to chapter 8, Pasuk 15, in Devarim, it says explicitly that Hashem has led you through the great and awesome wilderness of snake, fiery serpent, and scorpion. He has been holding them back all the years. Now that you want to go from the Malam and Ateva, from the supernatural to, to Teva, to natural, then this is what you get, and therefore fend for yourself against the snakes. The idea that's being presented here is as follows. The Gemara and those who are doing Dafyomi, it was not that long ago. The Gemara in Bavakama, 16a, at the very bottom line, has a very interesting point. And the Gemara says as follows, Shidro shall Adam, the spine of a man, after he, she dies. La'achar sheva shanim, after seven years, nasen nochosh, the spine becomes a snake, the Hani Mili when to Lokora Bimodin, when and if that individual did not bow in his lifetime, what 
for Modim. Modim is the prayer at the end of every Shemona Esrei, the third section of Hoda'ah. We give thanksgiving to God and we say, Thank you, God. We say, Thank you, God, for the miracles that you have extended for us every single day. Again, every single day. Now, the idea is, too often we don't realize the miracles. And so, if we are, God forbid, and for that great distance of time, for seven years, then, as the Nachash, who was Kafuitov, as the Nachash, who is the symbol of the ingrate, so too it happens to those individuals who were not sufficiently grateful. What a powerful idea I believe this is. Namely, that we think that the book of Bamidbar is purely history, what happened in the desert. No, I really believe that that Nitziv, and take a look at his introduction, this transition from Lamalamana Teva to Teva, yes, we, go, we went into the land of Israel, and yes, as the Gemara tells us in Brachos 35b, in the time of plowing we have to plow, in the time of reaping we have to pre-reap, yes, there's no question that we act in accordance with the natural order of things, but the Jew has to realize that that while we are going and living in Teva, God acts with us. God is always protecting us and watching us in a supernatural way. And interestingly, in the shortest chapter in all of Tanakh, which is part of the Hallel, so what does the Jews say? Hallelujah Hashem Kogoyim. In the future, all nations of the world the non-Jewish nations are going to give praise to God. What are they going to give praise to God for? Because, the idea behind this is as follows. We don't know the plans, and we don't know of the terrible desires of so many of peoples in the world who constantly want to harm us and to get us off our proper path and leading to, please God, the coming of Moshiach. God is the one who knows of their plans. Hashem is the one who thwarts and literally disrails so many, Baruch Hashem, of their negative intentions. And therefore, we're not going to say Tachanun on Shabbos, but Sunday morning, when you say in the Tachanun, Shomer Yisrael, literally, the guardian of Israel, Shmor She'eris Yisrael, we beseech you to continue your ongoing protection of, literally, the um, She'eris Yisrael, those who are uh, the remnant of unique people how privileged we are to feel, how privileged we are to be, that we are the living remnant of that people. And as we began, go kiss and take a look at that Mishnah and at that volume of Talmud that you have in the house or you're going to buy in the house because Kizeh Kol Ha'adam for us this is what has maintained us and please God will maintain us till that very great day of the coming of Moshiach. Shabbat Shalom.
I dress my best on Shabbos, three times I feast me fine. I make a royal kiddush on a barrel full of wine. And when I sing my nearest for a thousand miles, they'll know I'm gonna enjoy my Shabbos, cause Hashem has told me so. I ain't gonna work on Saturday, ain't gonna work on Saturday. Even double, triple pay won't make me work on Saturday, ain't gonna work on Saturday. J.M. in the A.M. I told you yesterday I'm going to have to play it today. From the brand new Sookie and Ding CD entitled I Remember That, Golden Classics for Children of All Ages. That is Big Gedalia Gumber. Ain't going to work on Saturday. Friday morning broadcast. Thank God I ain't working on Saturday. Friday morning broadcast, J.M. in the A.M. I think a lot of people say that as the candles are lit tonight. Uh, Arab Shabbos Parshas Chukas outside of Israel with candlelighting time at 8.05. On this era of Shabbos, partly cloudy with a high temperature of 92 degrees. A lot of people heading to visiting day on Sunday. Enjoy. Best regards to our friends up at Camp Misora who are uh, getting ready, I'm sure, for visiting day. And to all the camps out there that are ready for a big day of visits from parents and friends and relatives, etc. Enjoy. Monday, we're here at JM in the AM. And then right after JM and the AM, we head to Kennedy Airport to meet the uh, Aliyah flight, Nefesh Benefesh, um, where we'll be actually doing the first part of Tuesday's JM and the AM on the plane. First time we're doing it that way, where we're literally doing the show on the plane. Should be interesting. Uh, we've done interviews on the plane, but this is like, you know, doing the first hour and a half of the show on the plane. Uh, so that'll be happening uh, on the flight. Uh, more details on Monday, of course. Big thank you to our friends at Travel Cell. They keep us contact. In, they keep us in contact with everybody here in the United States, our staff and families, uh, with cell phones, with SIM cards, with uh, MiFi cards, everything that they provide. Thank you to Travel Cell. If you're traveling Israel or anywhere, TravelCell.com, TravelCell.com, or seven one eight three eight two sixty five hundred, seven one eight three eight two sixty five hundred. Um. The excitement is building at Gourmet Glot in Woodmere, New York. Those of you who are um, those of you who are uh, into great radio and uh, and video live shows, today is a day for you. Get to Gourmet Glot, located at 10:30 Railroad Avenue in Woodmere. It's the brand new Gourmet Glot in Woodmere. Naomi Nachman, just over 10 minutes from now, is going to start a table for two presentation. That'll go from 9 until 10.30, which will feature meat and vegetables grilling demonstrations, wine pairings, perfect salads for perfect barbecues, and chilling out with ice pops. Mendy Hertz, the grill master at Gourmet Glot, will be on. Sandy Tao of AHC Appliances will be on, and they will actually allow someone, one of the winners, to take the grill, and it's a gorgeous grill, a Weber grill, to be able to take it home. That's one of the prizes that's being offered if you show up today. Uh, between now and 10.30 at Gourmet Glot and Woodmere. You have a chance to win that grill, plus a zillion other great prizes. Gabriel Geller of Royal Wine will be there. Dahlia Schwab of Marzipan Bakery will be there. That's all happening at Gourmet Glot and Woodmere starting at 9 o'clock, just a few minutes from now. The entire team is in place, and they are getting ready for an outdoor uh, Nahum Siegel Network presentation of um, 
a table for two with Naomi Nachman. So get ready, everybody. And if you're anywhere near the area, there's an entire list of amazing prizes Naomi's giving away. Uh, it pays to stop by and to enter that contest so that you can go ahead and uh, have a chance to win any of those prizes, including that incredible grill from AHC Appliance, uh, which is pretty cool. JM and the AM Friday at 12 minutes before... 12 minutes before... What are we up to? 9 o'clock here on a Friday as we continue with the uh, Weinrib Brothers and Sheer Soul at JM and the AM. Brothers and Sheer Soul together on that one here at JM in the AM as we get set to wrap up the week. Um, if you go to the Nahum Siegel Network uh, Facebook update page, or if you go to the Twitter feed at Nahum Siegel Net, you can see the pictures that have been posted 
just over the last few minutes of the preparations that are going on for the show that begins eight minutes from now, and that's Naomi Nachman live outdoor at the Gourmet Lot on Railroad Avenue in Woodmere. Uh, you'll see photos of the setup. Uh, you'll see a photo of the uh, of the Weber grill from AHC Appliance that they're going to be using, and that grill will be the uh, the prize that they'll be giving away to somebody uh, before the end of the show, which is pretty cool. And um, all the details are there. So it's uh, just go to Nahum Siegel Network Facebook update page. If you haven't liked that page, make sure to do so on Twitter at Nahum Siegel Net, and you'll see the pictures that are being posted in real time as uh, Naomi leads an amazing, amazing guest list. And uh, really an amazing prize list out there in Woodmere this morning. The weather's spectacular. Perfect, perfect weather for an early Friday morning grilling session. <laughs> and they'll be doing that out there. Uh, you can watch the entire thing at Uh In fact, the uh, it's possible that already the video feed has been put up there. And... Um, yeah, it looks like it. all you got to do is scroll down. Go to NachumSingle.com and just scroll down a bit. And right after today's schedule, you will see featured video. And that will be exactly where you'll be able to watch uh, Naomi and the entire uh, uh, production starting at 9 a.m. All right? Simple as that. And, of course, all of our audio outlets, including the Nachum Siegel uh, Network app, the NSN app, will all have the... Uh, uh, the show for you. You'll be able to hear it. You'll be able to comment on the app as well and uh, toss in uh, whatever you'd like to uh, let us know about. Also, the um, um, a reminder that uh, what was I just going to mention? <laughs> um, oh, I can't believe I, something just slipped my mind. Um, yeah, anyway, so you'll be able to uh, watch the entire procedure and the pre- all the proceedings uh, coming up uh, on the homepage at com, And, of course, uh, listen to everything on the NSN app. A reminder that JM Sunday, this coming Sunday with Matis, will feature his conversation with um, the principal, Rabbi Avi Lippman. Rabbi Avi Lippman of R. Moshe in Beit Shemesh is a special school with, for uh, for children with special needs. And uh, Rabbi Avi Lippman is going to be joining Matis during JM Sunday for a discussion about the school and that topic. And uh, Matis does an amazing JM Sunday every week beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on our stream at jmnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. So make sure to be tuned in. Time to say good Shabbos. It's Journeys at JM in the AM.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Wraps up an amazing week here at JMNAM. Thanks so much for tuning in. Great week coming up next week with our broadcast from Israel. Monday, we're here in New Jersey starting at 6 a.m. Make sure to join us. Don't forget, Matis has JM Sunday beginning at 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. And Naomi Nachman is next. She is ready for an amazing, incredible um, edition of Table for Two coming up next between 9 and 10.30 a.m., followed by the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos Music Mix. It's all going to be happening all day long, all the way until candle lighting. If you want a chance to win any of those great prizes, get on over to Woodmere's Gourmet Glot sometime between now and I would say, I don't know, 10, 10, 15 in that area. And enjoy. Wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend till Monday. Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.